<laughs> okay, good morning and welcome to Mission Sunday. You know, when we, when we change to one service, I never know who's going to be here <laughs> and who's going to wander in late or who came early. But anyway, welcome. It's good to have you here on this special uh, Sunday where we get to worship together and celebrate all our missionaries and missions that DCC supports. So not everybody got one of these, but when I was standing out in the narthex, someone said, it would be great to know all the missionaries that we support. Well, every single flag that is flying in the narthex right now is representative of a country that DCC supports. So I'm not going to go through the whole list, but um, if you want to know, we have 13, 14, 15 different missionaries and people waiting on board to be supported by us. And I think that's pretty awesome for a little tiny church in Summit County. Don't you? Amen. Give the Lord a clap if you would. <laughs> so if you want to know who these people are or you want to take a mission and a missionary and pray for one each week, it would be great if you picked up one of these flyers and did just that. Um, our missions team um, committee, or missions committee, I like to call them a team, because we're, we're, we're a team, we work together. Um, we're all part of DCC, and most of them are not here today. I think Kathy Joe and Tony in the back and myself are the only ones that are here from our team, um, but also wanted to tell you um, Pam and Mark Williams are part of that committee or that uh, missions team. Um, Tenley Vinas, who is a high school student, we always like to have at least one high school student on our missions committee. She was the gal who spoke last year um, on our mission Sunday. She and her family do missions trips down to Guatemala. But we thought, what a great person to have on our committee, a, a person in high school who has a heart for missions. Um, and she's actually on Summit County Spring Break today. And then Missy Crossland um, is also on that committee. Hopefully I didn't leave anybody else. Uh, of course, Pastor Jim always sits in and gives us his, um, you know, two cents worth on what we should do be doing as a missions committee. Um, so this last year we decided that we would try to inform you guys more often about what's going on with the missions and missionaries that we support. So we decided to do this little Hearts for Missions. It's this little handout that you got in your program. And we want to invite you to participate in being part of the missions at DCC. Now, what does that mean? It means you can help us with hands-on tasks. You can collect items um, that are on our wish list on the back of here. So you can take it home and look at it. Pray about what you might want to donate or do or help with. Um, and then, you know, we have a bunch of things that we need to ship out to our various missions in Cambodia, in Haiti, um, you know, Africa, um, and we'll need help doing that. Our little committee would love your help and want an extension of the love that we um, can share with people that are doing God's work in other places in the world. So, you know, check out the wi wish list. Watch for some organized um, participation where you can get involved. Um, if there's a if you have a heart to go and serve somewhere,
be um, aware that you can apply for support through BCC. You do have an application process that you would need to fill out. And we want to hear from you uh, um, about how you want to get involved. It's not just you know the seven of us on our little committee that um, you would love help from everybody else who would love to help in missions. Um, so it is um, with my great pleasure that I get to introduce one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, and that's Pastor Bob from Haiti. It's been since March of 2020, since our team was there. We are the last team who was in Haiti for this specific mission. So um, we're, we just keep praying and praying that we get to come back someday, and we know that's in God's plans, whether it's sooner or later, we'll just keep praying about it. So anyway, welcome, Pastor Bob. So he's going to share a little bit this morning. Um, I asked him to. We can't stand that close together. Oh, sorry. I love right. you, but okay. you have to be over there. Sorry, no problem. <laughs> um, I asked him to share a little bit about what's going on in Haiti, not just COVID, but some other things that he will let you know. And just, you know, how is it to be a Christian there? How do you stay strong and how do you stay focused? Um, but I also wanted to bring a little bit of Haiti here today. So I asked him if he would say the Lord's Prayer for us in Haitian. How fun is that? It's a prayer, you know, that's known um, throughout the world, and why not hear it in Haitian today? So thank you, Father. Thank you. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me. So as my friend Sandy helped me to pray in my language, I hope that you understand. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Seigneur, nous merci pour grâce, merci pour faveur. Merci, Seigneur, parce que tu permets que nous là matin, et qu'on n'a pas adoré, nous couleurs nous différents et nous parler en langue différent, mais nous étions un bon Dieu fidèle. Merci pour tout temps que nous avons passé ensemble. Et tes présences sont capables d'assister nous et camper avec nous dans tout ça que nous allons parler. Au nom de Jésus, nous prions. Amen. Thank you so much. And uh, I am so glad to be here this morning. And I, I bring my warmest greeting from my country, Haiti. And uh, like I was sharing with Cindy and Kevin, so I hope my warmest greeting can make you warm. And uh, because uh, in Haiti right now, it's probably 80 or something degree. But before I came, it was 70 to 76. And people were complaining. They were, they were saying that it's too cold. <laughs> and uh, we have a couple of missionaries, couple, and they are living in Haiti. They are, they are uh, the representative of Welcome Home Haiti. Cindy knows them very well. They are so happy. Each time it's 70, they are so happy, but Haitians are, are not happy. So I am, I am so happy to see our God we are serving is uh, create diversity and uh, different nature, different people, different colors, but one God. We're serving one God. So let me uh, begin my expressing my gratitude to 
Pastor Jima, a uh, very good friend, and thank you for allowing him to go to Haiti. Uh, many of you of you know Isaiah in right now, but you allow him to go there, and he has a passion for teaching. He has a passion for training, uh, which is something that he really appreciates from Pastor Jim. He's a very good friend of mine. Something probably we don't find from some pastors, but he's really open to to uh, missions. So I really appreciate you are blessing to have a kind of pastor like this. And uh, thank you so to Cindy and Kevin for your hospitality. And I know Cindy, you have uh, your, your heart for Haiti. You have been there before I was there. And thank you for uh, for uh, receiving me, me. Thank you to Kathy Joy and her family and Dr. Paul and other friends who have been in Haiti before. So I am so glad. And thank you, Zilan Church, for supporting Haiti Education Ministry for many years. And Haitian Education Ministry is called to bring the light to the northern of Haiti. Because of you, we can continue to to support our kids, 1,500 kids, leaning churches, so because of your support. And uh, thank you so much for, for doing that. So uh, many people said that Haitians are resilient. Yes, they are. They are very resilient. They are. Yes, they are. And uh, I am the witness of, of, uh, of good and bad things, too. Uh, working as professor at Northern Haitian Christian University in, in my youth university, I have seen daily struggle of our people. I have, uh, I have seen people dying with uh, malnutrition, malnourished. I have seen people dying with hunger. I have seen young people can't afford to go to college like for 500 a year. I have seen the gas shortages uh, from 30 US dollars a gallon. Now it's $10. I have seen in the inflation rate from 20 to 50 right now. I have seen ugly scenes and I have seen gangs revolt. Uh, but you know what, in spite of all, Haiti remains so beautiful country that God has created. And uh, back to those three, probably you might know a little bit about it. From slavery to depths, and from depths to dictatorial leadership, from dictatorial leadership uh, to military coup, and from military coup to, to political instability, and from political instability to earthquake, and from earthquake to a poor leadership, and from a poor leadership to where we are right now, the chaos. Nothing is by chance. Some people said that Haiti is cursed. I think Haiti is not cursed because there was a process for that. Uh, but one thing that we have to know that God still loves our people and God still the God of the poor. So this morning I would like to share with you uh, uh, some important uh, thing about the influence church, the, uh, sorry, the influence of a persistent church among the poor. Uh, 
in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 to 10. Probably we will focus on the verse 20, uh, 10, and we'll share a little bit, like 10 to 15 minutes, and after I might have a conversation with Sandy. So I invite you, if you can check your Bible on Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 to 10, but we will focus on, on the verse 10. And, um, and, and the verse 10, and I can highlight for you, he said, do not, Jesus said, do, do not be afraid, go and tell. We can highlight that if you want to, you can highlight it. Uh, Jesus said to, uh, do not be afraid, go and tell. That's why we have the topic today is the influence of a persistent church among the poor or the impoverished. So we would like to share three things this morning. The first one, the first one, pardon, is share the good news. The influence of a persistent church among the poor is to share the good news. And the second, the influence of a persistent church among the poor is to serve others. And the third one is the, the, the influence of a persistent church among the poor is to expand the church. So, the, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, like I always say, the hope of Haiti is the church here and now. In the book of Luke, Jesus saw preaching of the good news to the poor as central to his mission. Like you remember, he stood up in, in the synagogue and he was reading in Isaiah chapter 20, uh, 61, uh, chapter 61, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor and so forth. Uh, it was like Jesus was trying to share his job description. A long list. Uh, we understand that the spirit uh, of the Lord was not upon him to, to be recognized. The spirit of the Lord was upon him not to be popular. And the spirit of the Lord was upon him not to draw attention to himself. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to heal the broken hearts, called them the Eden hearts, to, to proclaim the deliverance and freedom. And uh, preaching and teaching, probably Dr. Jim loved it in my, my passion, preaching and teaching the good news is pretty challenging among the poor and hey. Uh, we sometimes are often marginalized, rejected. And too often we see these people as dangerous, vulnerable, uh, that we need to avoid or stay away from them instead of approaching them or taking the occasion offered um, as an opportunity to share the word of God with them. In our school, I was sharing with you uh, earlier, we have 1,500 kids in our school. So let's say 1,000 1, from the 1,500, they are from a dysfunctional family. So when they come to the school, they bring all the issues. 
and the 500, so they, have, they are living with their grandmas or even living with sisters and so forth. So it is a very challenging. And I will share with my staff, I say, listen, we don't receive them to punish them. They come to us. Other schools do not receive them. But this is a privilege we have to share and teach them, prepare them for the kingdom. And uh, this is it. So we, do, we can do outreach programs to provide relief for those in need. We can speak about concerns for the poor. We can go on mission trips to minister directly to people in poverty. But if we're not making disciples of the poor from neighborhood and communities that sound us, something is missing. And I'm telling you the good news he shared when I let my Haitian brothers and sisters know that uh, the kingdom of God is that sin, poverty, political issues, disease, and oppression. Oppression, I never the last word. The good news is shared when I let my brothers and Haitian sisters know that where Jesus is the king, he brings forgiveness, he brings healing, and he brings liberation. So the influence of a persistent church among the poor is not to be afraid to share the good news of Jesus Christ, saints, we, we receive the freedom, freedom to go and tell. Like Jesus said, do not be afraid. Go and tell. The second point is to serve. Not only to share the good news, the first point, but the second, uh, to serve others. Many of you probably know about John Maxwell. He's from you. Uh, he said that leadership is influence. Uh, to influence is to have an impact on the behaviors, attitude, opinions, and choices of others. So in the life of Jesus, we saw that he taught his disciples by serving. He healed. He washed the disciples' feet. And he fed people. Jesus stated in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he said, For even the Son of the man did not come to be served, but to serve. Most of the time, we, we want to be served instead of serving. We know it's not easy to serve. Sometimes to serve, uh, it requires uh, faith, it requires courage, and it requires perseverance. So, like I shared in our, with our congregation, I always say that to my congregation, by serving others, we send a sign of love and tell people who are our God is, who are our master is. In our Asian story, some of our forefathers chose not to serve the gods of their masters. You know what? Because they were mistreated. They were not treated very well. And they chose not to obey to them. But for us, we, our God loves, our God takes care, and our God heals. So we do the same thing. 
And when we do that for others, we don't even need to tell others that come to accept the Lord or come to Jesus. We don't even say that. Because our action talks for us. And uh, Jesus touches the leper. Calls the women who suffered from bleeding daughter. Eats with the tax collectors. He encouraged people to pray to God as Father. And this kind of gospel, gospel is not spoken with words. It's spoken with actions and with a loving touch. He requires us to be willing to restore all people as a spiritual equals and to operate as a spiritual family. So I am the witness of each time we have missionaries uh, who come to serve in our community. After they left, the outcome is more people come to Christ. More joy among our leaders, our employees and ministers. People feel that they are loved. People feel they are loved by others. They become humble to submit the life to, to Christ. And our pastors feel encouraged in the ministry. You know what? Because we serve them very well. So when Dr. Jim and Cindy and Katicho and others go down there and you authorize them to go to Haiti, you send a sign of love. Even though you can't go, you can't come, but you send a sign of healing. You send a sign of restoring. Today we can see our partnership with Welcome Home Haiti. We serve uh, the people of God. We, we build homes for them. We create jobs for many young people. And uh, today we, we have the freedom to serve, to coach, to mentor, to support, and to encourage. So when we were uh, in, the, in the book of Luke, we see an, an, an evangelism and social concerns are inseparable in the might of Jesus. I will say it again, evangelism. I don't know if I say it right. Evangelism and social concerns are inseparable in Jesus' might. They must be inseparable in our minds and ministry too. So, our partnership with Midwest Food Bank help us to serve malnourished kids and so many other church plants. So, like I, like I talked to you about three plants, and we say the influence of a persistent church among the impoverished is called to share the good news. Not only share the good news, but to serve others. Not only to serve others, but to expand the churches, grow the church. So our heart on expanding churches is a biblical mandate that we receive in Matthew, the same chapter that we read, Matthew chapter, chapter 28, verse 1 to 10. At the end, Jesus said, do not, do not be afraid. Go and tell. So after meeting the executive board, uh, uh, president of, uh, of Asian Christian Ministries and in 2016, my vision for church, uh, for 
church planting was expanded. Uh, as you know, the missionary God, we call, I call him the missionary God of the Bible, who called us to, to the ministry. So especially I was called in, 2000, in um, 2012 alongside Pastor Mano and gave me the freedom to go and tell. And uh, my people that they need more than material things to truly live and the greater needs in Jesus. Beside of their needs, they need Jesus. Over the last 36 years, the ministry has expanded. As you know, with Pastor Mano, Sandy knows very well, the Pia Christian Church has grown up from 26 members to 700 members with active local outreach. Evangelism and evangelist uh, uh, discipleship ministries, in addition to a school and medical clinic, the church continues to grow. The school, as I said, uh, has uh, 1,500 kids. We feed these kids every day, provide vitamin before each meal, and we also provide warm medicines to, to them every month. And uh, when they are sick, they go to our clinic, and they don't pay anything. In, uh, two ta- in 2002, a second church has been planted in Lowry by Pastor Mano with Pastor Jacques. Probably Pastor Jacques was with me maybe two, four, three years. So Lowry Church has grown up right now with 400 members, and he has a school with 100 kids. So... People from Lowy needed to come to, to work 20 kilometers to come to Piat for, for education. But what now? They have their own school. This is a huge blessing. And in January 2017, Pastor Fito and I visited a remote area called Hodeen. Probably our missionaries love so much. And after this visit, we felt that God put in our heart to Plato Church. Now this church is thriving in just under two years, I mean, now four years, with uh, 200 members. 200 members. And we're so glad for what God has done now. This school has a school. And uh, in the same month of January 2017, one of our deacons from PR Church was inspired by the vision, and he, he went to a remote area. He and his wife, they planted a church there with an orphanage or day, daycare where we feed like 50 kids every day. These kids, they have no family. But Asian Christian Ministry is supporting them. And God called two students in 2016 from MI's Biblical Seminary, Pastor Fida in Ospen to plant a church in a voodoo area called Difu. Officially, this church becomes the fifth church of Asian Christian Ministries. This church has grown from 10 members to 200 members. It was not easy. This is a tough place to do ministry. But we thank God is so grateful. We also partner with an existing church of 26 years without pastor. This church, you need to go you need to drive two hours, and you need to walk five hours. 
and five hours, mountain after mountain. There are two ways to go there. Sometimes you need to cross 13 rivers, probably the same rivers. And when you got there, whatever happened, you stay there. You die there the same day, they bury your body and finish. <laughs> so we went there. There was no school. You know, the church, Piat Church, the mother church that I am serving as senior pastor, the youth as this church say, okay, if our pastors goes there, we need to encourage them. And they decided to plant a school there. And they say, we were supported by you guys and the U.S. So now they try to support these kids there. And they pay teachers for themselves. They say, for what God has done for us, we decide to collect monies from our community and to support this church. I am so grateful what now we have a wonderful school there. It's not easy. They have no, no clinic. Recently I was there, and they told me, Pastor, we have no government. We have no president. It seems that they forget us. I told them that God doesn't forget you. And uh, so we invited some people from our clinic, and they do mobile clinic there and take care of them. We're so grateful for what God is doing. And, and uh, recently they had a problem with their roof of the church, and God provided like 88,000 8, US dollars to, call, to put the roof on this church. These guys, when they receive you, and their trust house, they feel happy to have you and take care of you, feed you. And uh, so, anyway, you can't go, but I hope one day <laughs> one of you can visit. So, we are looking forward to add more churches while we are waiting for more support to structure this church that we have. We count on your prayers. And we are so grateful to your financial support and prayer. And thank you for supporting this wonderful ministry that God has called us together to work for the kingdom. Like I said before, even though we are not the same people, we are from different, different education, colors, and so forth. But we are called to work for one kingdom, one God. So do not be afraid. Go and tell do not be afraid. I know you are behind us. You are praying for us. And uh, I was sharing with a friend, and he said, we pray for you. I say, we felt it. My wife and I, we decided to, to move to the U.S. before God called Pastor Mano home. We said, okay, Pastor Mano, we're not going to stay in the ministry. We're going to sign three, three years with you. When the three years arrive, God calls them home. And I look at my wife like this, I say, we have no choice. God wants us to stay. And we forget about coming to the U.S. We say, if we go, we're going to take care of our people. Everybody cannot go. God needs people. God needs us. That's what we are doing over there. It is tough. It's not easy. But we know God is with us. And you are behind us. May God bless you. So I forgot to mention that if you would like to ask Pastor Bob a question, there are some little pieces of paper on the ends of the pews. If you want to write down Kathy Joe, 
pick, pick him up and we'll ask him a few questions. Um, I also forgot to mention our big basket up here is where we're collecting our supplies, school supplies, notebooks, pencils, pens, paper, whatever, medical, um, you know, medicines that we can send. Um, we got, just got a big thing of formula from the food bank, which we can send to Cambodia or Haiti um, for, the, for the orphanages there, or the children that need some extra nourishment. So this will be out in the narthex for the next couple of weeks. Um, please fill it. Fill it full. <laughs> it, we, our committee gets really excited when we see all the stuff that you guys bring and bless our missionaries with. Um, and, you know, try to get involved, even if it is praying for a certain missionary or um, if you have a vision about where you want to a DCC to go on a mission, we're itching to go. We can't go to Haiti quite yet. Mm-hmm. Why is that, Pastor Bob? Why, why, can't, why can't we come there yet? Yeah, because of the level four of the U.S. Embassy. So you need a very big in- insurance package to go there. Uh, like I was sharing with you yesterday, probably we can receive like four to five people, a small team, but we cannot receive a big team. So when uh, we take a big medical team, we usually have at least 10 people, and that draws too much attention to those bad people out there that want to uh, take advantage of our good fortune and good um, deeds that we want to do when we're there. So, you know, keep praying that God will open doors to, um, to go to Haiti or Cambodia. Or, I mean, the world is a changing place. But you know what? As Pastor Bob said, we can't be afraid to go. We can't be afraid to go and tell people yes. about Jesus and about his love. Um, anybody have any other questions? So I have a question okay, for you. Someone in back. There's someone in the back. Mm-hmm. I heard a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like you said, so, so a lot of funds come to Haiti to help, to help Haiti, but people, some, yeah, some people put in the pockets. But we, like I said, so people without Jesus, uh, I'm sorry to say that many of them without Jesus, they are vulnerable. Because when you don't have Jesus in your heart, so you do crazy, you do disparate things. And uh, when you have a desperate heart, you will do desperate things, so... Yeah, Haiti received a lot of support from international, from many other countries. But some leaders, like I said, with poor leadership, lack of integrity, so they don't really focus on, 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 on helping people. As many of them see themselves, their family, their kids, their friends, and, or, yeah, this is your right. But uh, as church... We, we don't follow them because we have Jesus. And uh, so many things that government should do for Haitians, they don't do. They don't do it. Church does it. We, where they should in our community, if you go there, you will see, yeah, we have civil churches in our community. But if you need a good hospital, a good clinic, 
You not, no, the government doesn't put anything. You will see Haitian Christian Ministries as a big clinic to serve the community. With probably maybe they might pay one dollar. Someday they say we don't have it. And we say come for free. So things that government should do, they don't do. And do churches does it. Uh, do it, sorry. So it is it is sad to see uh, it's time I take time to talk about the situation of our country, which is uh, you know, uh, like I say, it's 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 not um, it's not a, yeah, we prepared for that. It was a process. Uh, like example in port prince right now, so it's getting lost. In my house, we receive a lot of relatives from port prince Capetian, we receive a lot of displaced people because the gangs feel comfortable right now. They are operating everywhere. So people are leaving the country and, um, uh, it is tough, kidnapping every day, killing people every day. So, Capetian looks better, we better, but, uh, you know, we keep receiving people from Port-au-Prince. We don't know who they are anyway, but this is their brothers and sisters. But because of, you know, lack of integrity and a poor leadership, and uh, we are here. We pray, and what we do in our community, myself, we have our leadership class that we teach Every year, we, we graduate like 20, 25 young people. We're trying to help them. We, we know it's a process. Leadership is a process. We believe that one day, I never lose hope. Never lose hope. In spite of all the ugly things that I could see, never lose hope. Because we believe God, our God can do things. When we think about the people of Israel, yeah, it was lost. But God has done something. But it's a good time for us to raise good leaders. Yeah, to take the lead. But it's not today and tomorrow. It's a process. It requires courage, like I said. It requires faith and perseverance. Some people are living, but everyone cannot live. So you are right. But while, while they are doing their ugly things, church is doing what he has to do. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody else? Nancy. How do you want us to pray for you? Yeah, for what now we pray for Haitian Christian Ministries because it's a tough time for us right now since, you know, because of the COVID, so we, we get lost some sponsors. So it doesn't put the ministry in a risk, but it makes us think about how we're going to win the ministry probably in a couple of years. So please pray for the Haitian board. We need new board members. Please pray for us. Please pray for my family and my wife probably would be <laughs> uh, with the kids in a comfort zone. <laughs> but uh, pray for us. We still have our heart over there. And I believe God will provide. So please pray, pray for the board, for our family, and for the people of the situation of age. So I know your lovely family, but these people don't know about your lovely family. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your family. Yeah, we are five in the family. And uh, my wa- me, my wife, Osmika, uh, we have three kids. The first one is 13, the second is uh, 10, and the third one is 9. So we have the first one is Bob Calvin, the second is Bob Martin, and the third one is Wozaira. So all the boys carry my name, and all the girl carries their mom's names. <laughs> and they're, they're delightful. Kids are kids, whether it's U.S. or Haiti. And, and I'm they glad, keep him busy. Yeah, I'm glad mom is doing homeschool for them. And it gives me, that, that gives me a chance to focus on ministries, visiting 
church plants, pastors working with them. So this is a, yeah. So my big connection in Haiti is the clinic. And the first time that DCC was involved with the clinic was when Donna Call was here. A lot of you were around when Donna was here. And she's a retired RN. And um, she and Steve Hill and Steve's daughter and a couple other people from Summit in 2006 went to Haiti to the clinic to work. And at that time, we would show up with our medical team and the Haitian doctor would take a vacation. So now it's totally different. Tell them what is happening in the clinic. It's just so rewarding to hear how far that clinic has come and how they're doing great. In fact, when we go, we only peek our heads in to say hello because they're so self-sufficient. But tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, recently I was sharing with you, or Vicky, and uh, I was saying that our clinic used to, when we have missionaries appear, we used to receive you guys, but recently I say, do we need you? We need you to go to other places, but not appear because we have a staff there. We have two doctors who are serving. We have uh, two pharmacists, and we have, so we have a really good structure there. This is, I really love it. And recently, we, uh, we, we have our health our center, community health center, where we, how do you call it, when we, we got pregnant and... You, you like a maternity ward. They have a yeah. maternity, a prenatal and yes, we, maternity ward now. We receive so. these people with kids, mal- malnourished kids, people with AIDS. And so we, we, we beside the clinic, we have an order apartment that we, we this, open. This clinic one. now is one of the um, recognized by the government of Haiti. So they do get a little bit of support for like malaria meds and mm-hmm. HIV patients and things like that. Mm-hmm. So they have come a long, long ways. Um, and one thing our, I was sharing with you recently, we, we were dealing with human resources and maybe five or six years before. And we, si- we decided to support some young people. And now in our clinic, the new administrator we have, this is someone who was a kid in the school, finished with his kid, uh, kindergarten, primary school, high school, and went to the college. Now she is serving the clinic. We have two pharmacists, the same. They were in the school. We, they, we, we sent them to college. And maybe they become pharmacists. Now they come back to serve the clinic. This is what we have seen, and this is what I was talking about, raising a, 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 young, a new generation to serve, and we have seen that a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of students, um, we have at the table outside in the narthex sponsorships, and like Pastor Bob said, they have 1,500 students at the school, and for $35 a month, you can sponsor a student. And Deb Wilcox, who's um, part of HCM Child Sponsorship Program, FedExed these students to me in hopes that you guys would sponsor a few. There are pictures. It's easy to do. If you just want to think about it, there is a postcard that you can pick up and think about it later. But if you actually want to pick out a specific student, their their lovely pictures are in here. And let me tell you, they're all adorable. They're all second and third graders. Most of them, their ages don't reflect that just because Haiti's school is a little bit different than our school. Mm -hmm. But if you would like to help in that way, 
Um, the $35 a month covers vitamins, mm -hmm. a meal when they're at school. Um, pay the teachers. And the, helps pay the teachers. They get a uniform. Mm -hmm. Their school supplies. And you never know. They might go on to um, take Pastor Bob, Bob's spot in the pulpit yes. one day mm -hmm. um, because of your generosity um, in furthering their education and just um, letting them know that they're loved. So it's something that hasn't happened for a while because of COVID. Um, some kids disappeared through the cracks, just kind of like people do here, you know, find a different place to move to, live, go to church, go to school. But um, they're up and running again, trying to um, get more in contact with you, the people that sponsor them and support them. Um, but anyway, take a look. They're kind of fun, kind of fun to see the cuties in Haiti. But anyway, thank you, Pastor Bob. We're going to go ahead and take an offering now and communion. And um, we'll stick around after the service, and you can ask some more questions if, if you want to. But um, thank, thank you. you. We love you. Thank you for having me. And we hope we get back to Haiti one of these days. God bless. Thank you.